Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. It's another week. It's another episode. It's Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Uh, as you can tell, we're on location again. We are at Mount Carmel this time, the Carriage House. This is a uh, long time coming uh, in a lot of different ways to get the show to happen, to get this place to happen, to uh, everything. This is uh, a really long time in the making, and I'm really, really happy to be here. I've got Mike and Kathleen Dewey, and then special guest host, Andy Foltz. Welcome back. Thanks, man. Um, and I think you'll probably be back n- next week. We're next week. Queen yeah, City, yes. too, so um, you guys will be hearing plenty of him, good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, t- the Deweys, thank you very much for having us out here. It's been a long time since we've sat down with you guys. Kathleen, you've never been on the show. I have not. <laughs> but, this is a first for me. Um, Mike, it's been since... Season one, episode forty-six. See if I'm right on that. Sounds about right. Uh, it's been some time. Uh, welcome, guys. Thank you. Um, let's start off and just talk about what the carriage house is, because I think that's kind of the the big topic we're going to talk about. We're going to dig into some of the uh, kind of the, the the bigger picture stuff of Cincinnati craft since I think you've got a better perspective than a lot of people are able to have. Um, but talk about the Carriage House, talk about what it is, talk about this expansion that's happening, that's been happening, and I think is still happening. <laughs> it's, it's a work in progress. It's always a work in progress. Uh, you know, uh, I think the concept began in 2012 when uh, tap rooms first became normal right. um, in the Ohio area. So... Uh, that kind of changed the dynamics a lot. Um, we saw a lot of growth in Ohio and Cincinnati specifically, um, but there were a lot of different breweries coming on board. There are a lot of brew pubs. There's a lot. I mean, you look at what we were. We were a microbrewery. We, uh, you know, sold a small percentage of our products on premise and wholesaled most of it. Over seventy percent. Well, so, it was, it's it's when you look at the picture of kind of when you guys came into things, it was a very unique kind of situation in Cincinnati. Everybody was closing. You had you know, Wallaby Bob's was a little before that, but you know you had Barrel House that was in the process, I guess, of moving, closing. I don't. That, you, yes. you, Main Street had just closed. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, uh, Oldenburg had closed a couple years before that. Watson Brothers. It, it was shifting from this idea of a brew pub to maybe that isn't going to work in for you know, whatever reason. Yeah. Um, Wholesale worked well for us. Yes. It worked really well. So starting in 2005, um, you know, that was our focus. Um, our focus was uh, big box stores, big retailers. Um, that's something no one wanted to do right. in 2005. And... Uh, um, that's something that took a lot of time, a lot of patience, uh, and a lot of reserve, but it paid off. So, um, and I think it opened the doors for a lot of brands to surface in that arena as well. So, uh, uh, you know, from 2005 to 2010, we saw just a lot of organic growth in the Cincinnati market. But, um, you know, it was, uh, we were the only microbrewery for you know, four years, and then uh, it wasn't until 2009 when Rivertown opened. Listerman. That's right. I keep forgetting. What year did did they open? I don't know, but they they were they were pretty early. But again, they were four bombers. It was all they right. were selling was, out, of the, out of the out of the out of the store somewhere around that. Yep. Time Listerman um, and Dan at the time was saying, "Oh, I'm not doing any more than this. I'm not doing any more than this." And then it just—it gets under your yeah. skin. That, that you know? worked it out just, well for him, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It just—you can't stop. He's got a mural of himself. That's how cool is that? Yeah, their story is pretty cool too. Uh, but yeah, so so there was a small family of breweries that uh, uh, were in that market, and and just we saw pendulums. Prior to that, you know, just just our age being around and uh, uh, being in Cincinnati for our entire lives, um, you know, we've seen the evolution of uh, buying stainless for scrap value versus, you know, you can't make enough of it. And um, what 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 has happened is obviously it's it's not 
it's not so much a local thing. It's it's a national thing. Um, you know, look at the growth in other parts of the country. Um, our our brewers permit number is uh, 1,240 or something like that, mm-hmm. and we're over 7,000 or so now. So it's it's changed dynamically, and and for 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 the good and bad, I would say. I mean, it's. It's taken our business and, and uh, rewritten its course a couple times. I yeah, think you know, yeah. it's, um, but you know, in, in in ways that Kathleen and I always told ourselves when when 2012, 13, 14 rolled around, it was like everyone had to 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 go big or go home, and 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 it was tempting. It was tempting to to invest heavy in in, in that reach and 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 size and growth and and. For us, it, we had to keep reminding ourselves, why did we do this in 2005? Was that something we wanted to do in 2005? No. We, we just wanted to be a small local company who maybe distributed beers throughout Ohio, but that was it. That, that was our goal. We did it. Um, we kind of started losing perspective. And when you get that big and you get, you have to start, you have to start acting big. Right. And... Uh, it, even behind the scenes and everything, it, it just it didn't feel like us anymore, and it and it definitely went against a lot of why we set out to do what we were doing. It's very much a lifestyle business for it, us, and that's we were losing that, and we were losing the family feel, and it was just getting a little too. So we're like, how do we, how do we pull back? How do we keep? How this? do you how do you how do you maintain that kind of perspective on something though when you've got this thing around you this machine that's it's not stopping if you you know if right. it, if you you know don't have that perspective on it it's going to still keep going and it's going to run you over and tear itself apart which we've seen in kind of this well and having people offer those outlets for you to do that too we had a lot of offers and it was like. Oh, to go big? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was like hard to turn them down. And it was like we're still a family business, you know. The business is owned by Kathleen and I, and uh, we know more of our customers today than we did when we first started wholesaling, which sure. we found to be a pivoting point when when Ohio changed the taproom law in 2012. That was kind of a eye-opening experience for us. We realized at that point how cool it was to to see your customers, know your customers, and actually be more part of the the fabric of the community. And uh, I mean, we've seen relationships start, build, and grow just right from the common thread of the the beer. It's pretty cool. And uh, prior to that, it took uh, I think we were selling wholesale from 2005. It probably took until about 2000. Eight before I saw the first person buy a product in a retail store. I was sitting in a in my car in a Kroger parking lot, and I saw a guy come out with a six pack and a you know bundle of meat or something like that. And I went, <laughs> "Wow, that's a, you know here I am making beer, delivering beer, you know going through all the wholesale motions." But that's the first time I saw a customer with our product in his just hand. Just FYI, he didn't get out much either. So <laughs> <Yeah. it> just- <laughs> no. Now I'm curious where the guy went because he's got a six pack and a bundle of meat. It yeah. sounds like he's grilling out. Yeah, I'm in. Absolutely. I want to go with this guy. It was like the, right now. So don't the leave me hanging, Mike. Like, don't leave cool. me hanging. Where, what happened after this? Well, it's also like a, what I find so fascinating about Mount Carmel, especially specifically, is that when you guys opened before you could have a tap room, it, it was great. It's it's a it's a it, the idea of, of starting the brewery is brilliant, but. All of a sudden, once you can have this tap room, you can put a porch on the side of the brewery and put rocking chairs out there and have people sit out there. And have, like all of a sudden, now this brand or this idea of what Mount Carmel is—that's when it like comes to life and when it's really born to me. Like that's when it—that's when it all starts to click in my head. I'm like, oh my god, this is what it's about. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really interesting to me to see new places opening up and developing, spinning. A fortune on branding and that before they open and crafting who they are when it was done so differently at a place like this we and I don't do know if it's everything a time backwards thing. <laughs> it's, we have done everything and backwards slow. From, and slow from day one but you nailed it you totally nailed it because um, the the idea of going uh, 
you know, multi-state or, or growing production and wholesale, um, to us, we're, we're thinking, oh my goodness, there's, there's always a bigger fish, you know, we, we, we want to focus on our brand and what is our brand? What, what do we do differently? And, uh, sometimes it's, we don't do anything at all. Sometimes things stay the same. Sometimes right. that's good. Um, so in this crazy craft beer wholesale world, you've got all the, like, we're still one of the few microbreweries by definition because some have gotten so big and, and, and some are just on premise. Right. And so there's still only a small pocket of us that actually still wholesale over 70% and, and, and have, have breweries and tap rooms. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that, that opened the door for us to have what we do best. And, and that's, you know, we embrace the outdoors. We're, we're diversifying. We're, we're not just a brewery anymore. Um, we tried to design and build our small campus to put an emphasis on the fact that we'll always be a brewery. But with a brewery comes the need for food. Right. Mm-hmm. And with that, we get more and more requests for um, event space. And, and so we really just kind of looked at everything we wanted to do and packaged it all up. And this is what we ended up with. And this is the carriage house and all of the stuff that kind of goes along with that, which I think when you, when you read the articles, the stuff that I've written too, you know, it, the fault of it is not really capturing what it, this all means. You know, it's not just about uh, a restaurant that has beer that's made, you know, across the driveway. It's, it's about all of this coming together. I, well, um, if, if you've been to Mount Carmel previously, when it was in the other, on the other side, it's the same feel to me coming to the carriage house, but on a bigger scale. We still have the lake to sit outside, and that used to be the summertime thing. Some, I've got friends that live in the area. We'd come up and sit outside. You yeah. wanted to kind of be by the lake and have the breeze come through and, and the live music, and you guys still have the live music coming in. Yep. And instead of, you know, it seemed like there was always a food truck, and now the food's just here. You don't have to worry about the truck and, yep. you know, it's hard. their vagaries. It's hard adding on, you know, 400% more space without losing that feel. So It took um, us a long time to design it. We didn't just sit down and go, okay, just build this and do this and do that. We we started this project in 2008 when we started acquiring property to right. do it. And wow. it, we, we I don't know how many designs we went through. It was crazy. And everybody was like, when are we How do you make something down? like that look small? Yeah, and we that was a huge focus is to keep it casual, keep it fun but keep it nice and just an extension of what we already were well and, oh. and it's really easy to slap up a, a pole barn type of building and put right. a kitchen mm-hmm. in it and some, some picnic tables and say oh here we are here's our expansion here look at all the space we have now and right it's it's not as easy to do something like this no, and create something know, that is still kathleen and i pulled all this metal out of a soybean field in salem <laughs> indiana <laughs> we did <laughs> Yeah, pictures. Did, did, it was did a the, lot of fun. Did the person that, that owned the field know you did that? <laughs> no, they did. They okay, there. just check. Just check. We, we were legit. We, okay. we were yeah. legit on that one. All right, just check. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the and the wood um, came from another barn behind the bar. Yes. Um, we, that came from another barn in Indiana. Yes. So we well. we just tried our best. There's a blue herring back there. Just um, nice. So we tried our best to make a new place look like it's been here a while. And, and that's what you guys are referring to. Yes. And, and that's important to us because... It's important um, to our customers. We have a 1,700-square-foot exactly. kitchen that has the best of everything. And uh, we our hope was that we could open the carriage house as an extension of what we've been doing, that we would still have great beer and good food. But with the team we've assembled, we've been extremely uh, fortunate to end up with great beer and great food. And that also, when you talk about maintaining the atmosphere and maintaining who we are, and you were asking, like, how do you, how do you get you know, big like this and still maintain that, that small feel? And our staff and the people that we hire and the people that we bring on are a huge part of that because they have to believe in that too. I mean, I, and not to not to name names, but I've seen other places expand, places that kind of started in that same generation you guys did and had over time had to grow and become something else. 
and just completely drop the ball on it and just create a, a, a restaurant that feels like you're sitting in a warehouse and it doesn't have that that soul to it. And like I, I, I can't express well, how much I'm impressed with and, what... And even some newer places who have sort of swung and missed at right. getting the feel of a brew pub right. where you're, you're definitely going in one direction or the other. But yeah, this this is my first time being to the carriage house, and I mean, I walked in the door, and yeah, I'm at Mount Carmel. Yeah, it just it felt awesome. like that That's immediately. Great. That is really great. That that it, is really great to hear. You know, it wasn't. You know, there's other places you walk in, and you got to look at the logo on the wall and say, which one of these garage doors am I? It is. Am it, I it, it is in? funny because um, when we we put this together, and uh, we were so focused on on that, making it comfortable, and the architecture, and the 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 brick and, and the, the color of the walls, all that stuff. Yeah. We forgot to put our logo on the wall. I was just about to ask. Just looking at <laughs> and it is the running joke of our oh staff. But people who come in here, they're like, you don't even have your logo on the wall. And that's just the what logo we, wasn't on the wall in the other tap room It either. wasn't, right? Like, that's who we are. It's like, what? Oh, we have to say who we are. So we have that little, that, we have that little sign behind the bar that you can actually buy. <laughs> if you want. That's funny. But then it's, if we I will yeah, buy we, it if you promise not to put another one up. Just so people have to guess. I will buy that today. You have to buy four of them. There are four hanging on the wall. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but no, it's it's not, uh, it, it really, well, it's not about us. It's about our customers, our community, and it sounds like a tagline, but actually that's who has carried us, you know, all these years. And, and we just answered the calls. I mean, that's what our customers wanted. Right. We may have only had 300 people here in the old tap room on a Saturday, but every one of them wanted this. They just wanted more of it. They wanted to be able to come here when it's raining and have a yes. roof over their head. They, you know, they just wanted more of what we did. So that was our focus. So let's talk about what this looks like in the summer months or the spring months. Um, I assume these open up here and kind of open up onto this patio and yep. kind of. No, the we 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 often dream like all these doors were handmade they were milled in ohio handcrafted in ohio and uh they've never left ohio they're one all one of a kind but uh they do all open but one thing i keep reminding myself is that the eight days of perfect weather that we have in cincinnati right. they'll be open <laughs> outside of that this place has four air conditioners so they also work great as windows right um so the old uh patio space over there the old porch that's all like if i come in here and i buy a beer i can still walk over there and sit down that is correct um that's why the, the porch was the new porch was designed to flow into that area as well but it's also going to be kind of broken up so it's not this huge massive slab of right. uh concrete um so that will be we'll, we'll still tent that and you can still go out there that is also the, a space that will you can rent for a private party. So the old so the old tap room space is that all the old tap also event space now. Yes, that's that's event space for small parties. So it's under sixty, um, and it's it, it's hugely popular. But um, you have to you have to schedule that out because it's booked. It's right. it's booked out. It's booked out, um, and so they if you rent out the farmhouse. Um, you don't necessarily have to rent out the patio, so it's that that can become a separate rental space right. where it, it, um, where you can open up the garage doors to the brewery. So then you would have that space as a private space as well. But the majority of that is outside. Um, but if that that space is not rented, then our guests over here at the carriage house absolutely can go over there and sit under the old tent and uh, and reminisce. We reminisce. We tried hard to keep. How do you add 134 parking spots without losing your view? So we left the original lot where it was. Right. Uh, we rerouted the traffic to get to it around the back. We elevated the dam for the lake to where you can't see the road. Um, we put a lot of thought into the elevations and the civil work. Um, and uh, we didn't, I believe, take away from the overall view, which um, just, to be honest with you, like even when I'm in this room, I don't feel like I'm on this street. Like right. I could, right. I could be anywhere. This building, to me, is reminiscent of. It could be downtown. It could be, you know, outside of looking out the 
the doors, right. the, the space doesn't look like it was. Uh, uh, well, know, newer all, construction is just not my thing all the time. All, all the windows are towards the the stuff that you want to look at. And so we, we designed the parking. I mean, parking is a necessary evil. That was the hardest part for us because we wanted this view and, you know, who wants to look at a bunch of cars? And so that was really difficult to get ample parking. We, we are still struggling with the parking a little bit. Um, we're going to have to add on a little bit more parking. Just wait till it gets nice outside. I, well, we are. Yeah. We, it's been um, uh, on the weekends. It's, uh, anybody who's been out here on a Friday or Saturday night, it, yeah, they know. Um, and some people get real creative with their parking out here, too. Um, but, but, uh, but that's been true for some time, hasn't yes, it? Yeah. Yes. Well, we lost the field. So right. when we put the pond in, we lost our, um, we lost our field that where a lot of people parked. Um, so... We're working on that, and that's that's an ongoing process of uh, of adding some parking because we don't want to just put it there. I mean, we could easily right. oh, just put a parking lot there, knock down those trees, and put a parking lot. But, eh, no, right. we don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> so we have to be real strategic with where we put our parking to still maintain the the place that you come to to just go. Oh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab a beer. I'm gonna grab a deck of cards. I'm gonna grab some friends. It's a different way to relax and have a pint of beer. Yeah, and I'm gonna grab food. a great sandwich and just sit here and just breathe. And that's what that's what this design is all about. Well, I know you guys haven't even had time to kind of settle into what this is now, but where where is it going? Where where are you guys looking at now as far as what else is happening around us and? Well, we have uh, a total of which we've developed three of seven acres. We have plans for the others. Um, so um, we're going to add more parking um, when weather permits. Um, we've got more outdoor hardscape projects that start the 13th of this month um, so that we can uh, also improve on what everybody loves about this place and that's being outside so are we talking more like places to walk around and kind of just be out are we talking volleyball kind of activities outside more places to uh be outside more more patios more uh intimate areas Areas. not no we don't have volleyball or i mean cornhole is probably about our speed right yeah we have to watch that i mean we're we're kid friendly but the, the games can't be all about the kids, right? So yeah. it, it's a it's a line you walk with that one. Um, uh, but we are family friendly, and for the most part, that works out really well. Um, we uh, there's a big difference in my mind of being family friendly and being a and I hate using kids centric. Kid, kid, kid centric is a good way to put it. There, yeah. there are places where you go and you walk out of the patio and you don't see any families. You just see a crowd of kids yeah. running around. Uh, throwing cornhole bags all over and right. and, and you're, yeah. you, it makes it hard also as even as a family to sit down and, and enjoy yeah. we, we love our kids very much we love our well-behaved kids even <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that idea of, of understanding that it's a family environment yes. a place for you to sit right. with your kids yes. and, and hang out yes. with your kids yeah, we're yes. in the suburbs you know that's yeah. that's that's right. what that's what we are and we I mean for lunch you saw we had an a wonderful group of children here at this table. I think what they were three, four years old. Awesome kids. They came in. They got a sandwich with their family, and it was great. It was they're right. super cute, and we've got even more kids. I mean, look around, and they. You have to look for them, and that's that's a good thing. Right. <laughs> yes. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. It's an atmosphere. We're creating an atmosphere, and and, and even with the dogs. We love our dogs. We love our dogs. And in the summertime, we'll be able to have the dogs outside. And we have a lot of space for the dogs to run around. But once the dogs start start interfering with somebody else's experience, Mm -hmm. then that's when we have to kind of be on top of that. And and that's a fine line that most places have to walk right now, because you've gotten... A lot of people accustomed to bringing the dogs, and then once you have food, the rules change. Right. And I know uh, Wooden Cask is getting ready to go right. to that when they open their kitchen here in a couple weeks. And it's like no it, more dogs. Have you guys it's had? Not. Have you guys had issues with that? Well, thus it's funny. Far? Just when you guys were setting up, there was a woman that brought her dog in, and she was getting a growler fill, and uh, we 
you know, I caught her right away and I said, hey, you know, we love our dogs, but um, we can't have the dogs inside because of the kitchen now. And she's like, yeah, yeah I wasn't sure. So we helped her out. Like, she took the dog outside and uh, we got her growler filled and she was totally accommodating, totally understood. Um, but it's something that's out of our control. It's yeah. also like you guys have never been like a big dog in the tap room brewery because of how small your tap room was. Right. Like there just you, there wasn't always space for people to come and bring, bring their all their dogs. Yeah. So like it yeah. was. They, they used to make me wait too. outside too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be inside. <laughs> Leave your dog and your Andy outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that helps that this culture was already kind of starting to to, to set that standard. Of, or there's just not room for your dog in here, so you know. Right. It, 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 it'll it be helps. it'll be fun to see the dogs running around mm-hmm. this summer because the lake is a little bit bigger than the than the little pond we had. Right. Um, and there's a lot more grassy area that is going to be full of picnic tables. So um, over here by the tree. We'll have some, the picnic tables will move over there. And then this whole area that you see up front, um, that's all we're going to make, just keep that grass. There'll be plenty of room to run around and for the dogs to run around. And like I said, as long as they're not interfering with (laughs) somebody else's experience, we very much welcome that. Now, how are you going to react the first time you've got somebody throwing tennis balls into the lake for their retrievers? You know, because <laughs> you know that's coming. I know. In you every, know well, we've I would rather them do that than throw landscaping rocks in the lake. Yeah, we, we get fair. that. We had to put those on the menu. They're five dollars a piece. <laughs> you may throw the landscaping so, rocks for five dollars. Any piece. kid throws lo- goes over there to our hop vines and throws rocks in the lake. We put a five dollar charge on the adults bill <laughs> um, you know I don't know how to handle that because uh, I love I love the idea um, but you know I'm, I'm a liability person and um, right. I, I you know do I have them sign a waiver to have their dogs swim in the pond I don't I don't know really know how to handle that yeah um, I, my thought with that was the dogs are gonna come out of the lake go to the person the one person outside that doesn't like dogs and, and just shake, shake all yep. over them and <laughs> You know, I would laugh, but... So yeah. you're assuming no customers will be in the lake? Is that what you're assuming? <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. Not at all. I just don't think the customer is going to come out and shake themselves dry you on another know. customer. You never know. Unless they already know them. And there's, when, there's also enough space out here, too, that you might not even run into issues like that. If you're a person and you are not like a dog person, you see somebody over here with their dog running around the grass, you probably will navigate yourself over to one of the other spots that there is, is so much different. you are absolutely onto it. There's so much space out here that, you know, if it came down to it, we may designate a dog area. Right. We may designated this is a non dog area. We have like on the weekends, um, certain times um, like especially Friday nights, upstairs is a kid-free zone. So if you, you know, you've left your kids with a babysitter and you want to go have a couple of pints of beer, there is a kids-free zone upstairs at Mount Carmel during certain hours. Right. Um, like when there's live music Mount upstairs music and stuff. And later on in the evening when, you know, it should be kids-free. Right. It's always hard to come here for date night and, you know, run into a soccer team or something. Right, and you're yeah, like, you know I, just, I just left this. What do you... But we've, we've also, you know, you, there's there's been discussions online and stuff about people who, you know, d- dog-friendly tap rooms, kid-friendly tap rooms, well, the, the pluses and minuses of that. And there are those people, like, sometimes I just, I want to go out and I want to sit down and I have, have a beer and talk with my buddies and maybe I say a bad word or something. Bad, yep. I don't want to have to worry about some kid that's standing behind me hearing that. I just want to go sit and have a beer and just kind of be able to let loose a little bit, so. Yes. And we we have enough space out here. Um, we really don't have enough space. Well, I mean, <laughs> like we wanted upstairs to be kid free all the time. We but did. The problem is we simply don't have the capacity for that. Like so, on a, right. a Saturday afternoon, and sometimes into the sure. early Saturday evenings, it, there are so many families that come in here that this will be packed right. down here. Everybody wants to be down and here. Then, right. And then it was like, well, what, what else do, you know, you got to go upstairs. And so then the kids start filtering upstairs and that's fine. It's just, we're working on that balance, trying to find the balance. And we've definitely found that Friday night, especially when the music starts. After seven. After seven, that is a good time to go, all right, kids, you know, upstairs is adults only. Right. Um, uh, we haven't talked about beer yet, so we need to. <laughs> we need to do that. <laughs> um, so one of the things that 
I think the one of the one of the gripes about the old tap room was there were not a ton of taps. Mm -hmm. That's definitely improved here. You guys have twenty. Twenty. Twenty um, beer for one. Um, so the selection has grown of what you have available at all times. Part of what I enjoy about Mount Carmel is that there is not a lot of um, I don't I don't want to call it trendy things, but you know, it's not jumping on just that that you new call thing. Old, that's fine. It's a, yeah, but in the old, let's say old, <laughs> old school. Like, let's say, let's say old school. Okay. You you use the word traditional. Oh wow, I like that. I like uh, that. Traditional because it, it both that's conveys the sense. Exactly. I like that. It, it conveys their sensibilities that they've been around for longer than most and that they've been making the beers and making well, quality there's, beers there's also for that like period if, of time. If I'm talking to somebody and they say, oh man, I really love nut browns. Where can I go right. and get a nut brown? I can name a couple places that have made great nut browns, but they're probably not going to have them on tap for you. Or right. you, know, you can probably get it on tap yeah. if you come to Mount right. Carmel because yeah. it is not only one of the best, they stick to that traditional kind of thing, and I, I, I appreciate that too. But we do, and I think we got through the whole name game thing. I mean, that was a yeah. big deal for a while, and it was just like, you know, early on we're like, this is crazy. We we named a couple beers that were, you know, uh, one-offs or beers that were going to be here and gone, and just in that short time. Even with the snapshot series, we ran into trademark stuff, and I'm like, right. yeah, trademark is difficult. I don't want to run around the country protecting our trademarks and you know defending ourselves against New Belgium every time there's a, a conflict. It's it's so we we've been very traditional and mm -hmm. very uh, uh, steadfast and just not naming our beers and having them true to style. But uh, that was a huge struggle for us because we were going from eight taps to 20 taps. And um, to open, we were worried we wouldn't have 20 beers on tap. Right. Um, our production facility is geared towards wholesaling. So, you know, our mash ton holds, you know, 3,700 pounds of grain. And, you know, it's kind of hard to brew something for a 40-person, 60-person tap room for us. So what we would do is we would uh, only be able to offer beers that were going to market or uh, corporate partner beers, that sort of thing. And uh, now that we uh, were one of our biggest customers, um, we really have been able to open that book up and, and, and go and, and say, okay, this is what we're going to brew for us now because we're going to burn through it and we're going to need, you know, uh, a more variety of, of, of some throwbacks and some new stuff. And that's what we're working on now. What types of things have you done recently that have gotten you excited about that well, aspect of it? Uh, we, we brought back our stout. Um, you know, that was a, a huge deal. We have a light dry stout, which, uh, uh, people always appreciated, uh, you know, we sold beer and growlers only from 2005 to 2009. So every beer we made, all of our uh, flagship beers were, were sessionable beers for that reason, because you're going to drink a growler of it. And uh, uh, trying to think of some of the others, some of the, the corporate beer partners that we had, we couldn't have on tap all the time. You know, we've got the, uh, the Dew Brews for the Dewey's Pizza Chain. We've got the Ted's Ale. For Montgomery Inn. Uh, for Montgomery Inn stores. We've got, uh, you know, the Arthur's. Uh, Bob's Bop and Bill's Pills. Yeah. <laughs> we brew a lager for them. It's, it's yeah, and, and that's really cool because really we've, we've never really done lagers year-round either, and, 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 and now we can, and uh, now we got a yeast strain in-house, and, you know, we've kind of morphed that into some other beers, and, uh, you know, our issue now is you know keeping 20 beers on tap because it seems like by the time we get our wholesale orders uh we we, we produce our wholesale orders and then the next day we get our next wholesale orders and so we it's hard it's hard it's a juggling act it, it's a juggling act to try to fit that into production because as you guys know uh most of what we do are ales and you know it takes time uh it's, it's not like we're rushing ferments and you know i mean we most of our beers are about 10 days grain to glass and uh um it's a balance we, we've run out of stocks on a few items past few months yeah but uh <laughs> if, if, we, if we don't brew for this place we're not we're not doing our jobs either so right 
uh, we're trying to manage that as best we can. What is everybody drinking right now? Andy, what do you have? Hibiscus blue. Hibiscus blue. That's that's my go-to at Mount Carmel. Yeah, and probably still. I'd have to run a recent report, but it, it it's still it, up there. It it yeah. led sales year-round in, in the original tap room for and, sure. And what I've heard about that beer is that you may have not been too eager to brew it at the beginning. Well, it started as a cask right mm-hmm. project, and uh, I think it was Jared. No, it was Roger. It was Roger and Jared. Roger. And so, well, Jared was a brewer, but Roger yeah. put fresh blueberries into our blonde ale in this cask, and I don't know what else they did to it. And I'm not a fruity beer person. Um, yeah, was, and I was, was like, okay, what are you doing, Roger? No, 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 no. <laughs> We're not putting fruit in beer. That's just not us. And so he's like, no, 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 it's going to be really good. I'm like, okay, fine. I tasted it. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. this is amazing. It's, it's gotten a lot better. It, it has gotten a lot. Well, because we couldn't, we couldn't do, we couldn't mimic exactly what he had. But it took you expect a, cloudiness and, and and sediment in a cask, but to, sure. to, to, to take that, that beer to production it. level, it was like, you know, you get the calls when, when it first started going out. We get blue, the Smurf beer, and yep. it's real blueberries. We had so a problem stabilizing yeah. all the ingredients in the kegs and suspense and keeping it that way. Well, we still see you know places like Urban Artifact that use so much real fruit, and everybody knows that that's what they do, and everybody yeah. expects that. Still get people but calling about like, what's, what's what? wrong with my beer? Why yeah. is it like that? Because there's <laughs> real stuff in it. Yeah. Really, but, but when you ship seventy percent of it out in bottles, it's different. Different it's, game. You gotta. Kind yeah. So it has to be consistent. Right. So so we took that uh, Roger Jared concoction and we did more casks of it and then uh, eventually made it to our full production where it at the time was thousand gallons and uh, um, yeah it uh, it took we've got it down pretty good now. So that's we don't, if you don't hear oh, we didn't waste. want to brew it. It wasn't we didn't want to. It was like okay, how do we do this well? Yeah. And that was the, we don't want to put out something that's not done well. Right. And that was the struggle. But we, they nailed it. They always do. Give them time and all the brewers, they, they nail it. <laughs> Gee, did I hear that right? Yeah. Always. There's never something that you try like, oh, what are you, you guys know, doing? I, I have to think long and hard. There's been some uh, Chris Siegman with his Sprite. With his uh, Obey Your Thirst. Obey Your Thirst. That's oh, what it's not Sprite. Obey Your Thirst. It was, it was spoofy Sprite. I thought, Chris, what are you doing? No, this is going to be nasty. It was delicious. <laughs> it was really, really good. It tasted like spray. It did. It did. It was. It was really good. I'm no, shocked we, that we, one too. we still we have that problem. So um, we uh, we would like to uh, by the time we roll into the end of summer, um, I would like to have uh, an Oktoberfest in our portfolio. Um, yes, that's that's a big goal of ours. Uh, a Bach beer. Um, yes, from my roots <laughs> back at uh, Oldenburg Brewing Company. You know, I look forward to Bach season. The you fact know. that we don't have a Bach in our portfolio, knowing my husband, is like still shocking. Yeah, but there's no time. He is you know, such I mean, a like, huge literally. Bach. So, I you know I I don't know how we're gonna fix the as as sales grow here and as as things continue to grow with wholesale it's going to be a struggle because we have the we have the volume size to brew years and years beyond what we need but it's variety comes in a smaller package than 3,000 gallons at a time so um, there are oftentimes I wish we had our original brewery so that's a question you go with a smaller pilot kind of system that you can just play around with things in the tap room. Really, that, like that. that that would be ideal for us. Something like a, a 15 barrel just standalone that we just use for brewing beer at the tap room. That, that would be great. Um, so if anybody out there is selling... <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to find a place to put yeah, we it. Have, <laughs> there's, we, we, we also a, we rent a, out all the space we have So we have a, two or three times a week. So... Um, we, 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 we combat with production space versus rental space versus, you know, it, it all goes side, side by side and hand in hand. So. And the last thing you want us to do is build a big steel barn right there. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's the last thing you want us to do. So we've, we've got some... Well, when, when people look at the property here, 
as wide as it is is as wide as it is, right? There's there's yep. nothing on either side. It just goes. It goes back. back. Yep. That is correct. Uh, so about three football fields. Yeah. They, when you see that tree line, that's just kind of the. It's yep. halfway. The, the it's halfway. It. It's, it's roughly halfway. Yeah. So you, we have another four acres of, that go um, all that all those trees, and it goes a little bit to the left there too. Right. So have you guys been to Woodford Reserve? I have. Okay. We consider ourselves the Woodford Reserve of taprooms. That's kind of like when we visited Woodford, we're like, this place is cool. It's not hugely commercialized. It's quaint. It's got food. It's got a good feel to it where they're probably bigger than they look. But but when you're there, you feel like you're on a private tour. What I, what I think of with this the, the space itself not the the brewery side of it um it very in feeling um to sierra nevada and Asheville, where i you, actually have heard that you can be in the in, in the midst of all of this stuff going on but it sits away from everything else it's quiet it's about sitting outside and having a beer as much as it is being inside the restaurant it's it's very similar in feeling. Now, when you look at the brewing side, it's a whole different story. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't so, have our own rail, lot, railway. Lot of beer coming yeah. out of there. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are, I mean, you, you talked a little bit about wait, kind wait, of the... we gotta, we got to go around and get the rest of the oh, beers right, here. Oh, okay. um, we got to... Uh, well, I am actually drinking one of our craft cocktails. Which is a thing now here. Yes. You can get wine, you can and get I, cocktails. I have to say, I was very against it because I was a huge advocate of, with the growth, I don't want to lose our identity. And we are a brewery. And I was going to add the wine because there's sure. a need for wine. There's a need for people who are gluten intolerant, you know, and you're in a group of people. I've got one person that doesn't drink beer. I can't go to Mount Carmel because they don't offer anything. Right. So I was going to stop at wine. And she loves wine. And I like wine. <laughs> but that said, on another note, um, the, um, our front of the house manager is a huge, she crafts cocktails and this is this is her thing borderline mixologist she's kind borderline of mixologist i mean she's she's not uh licensed by that but she's she's very very creative very good at what she does so they slowly the girls slowly just said okay we're just gonna put these drinks in front of kathleen and we're just slowly gonna you know morph <laughs> these cocktails onto our menu of course they win because they're amazing and um so they're all beer oriented so all of our craft cocktails have beer in them. So we're still maintaining our identity, um, but they've got all kinds of fun stuff. So this is our FN IPA, which is uh, FN vodka, our take-home IPA, and grapefruit juice and something else that makes it. I think it's maybe some sour mix in there, and it is really, really good. So. Well, and I think that's very important too as a brewery when you start offering some kind of cocktail program or, or just booze in general to make right. sure that it doesn't become a bar where right. you sit down and there's just a bunch of bottles in your face uh, to, to keep it still very centric to this whole idea of yes. what what, a, what the brewery is is, is important it's and hard that, to do and it is hard to do and because you want to please everyone and the, the girls my house manager Christine and Christy front of the house manager They've done a really, really good job of following, let's keep this Mount Carmel, you know, but still being able to, to give people what they want. All of that being said, I don't know that I'm opposed to the idea of sitting outside on the patio by the fireplace with a glass of whiskey. You know, so, <laughs> we do carry wood for just I don't saying. know that I'm opposed to that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like, we're not going to be overrun by craft cocktails. I, 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 I had them all. Um, I, it's not necessarily what the first thing I would order either. But after trying the flagship craft cocktails, yeah, I looked at Christy and I said, "Listen, if these outsell the pints, you're fired." <laughs> I said, "We're, we're going to keep the recipes, but you're fired." <laughs> So, uh, but they, they are, they are good. They are, they are that good. I got to give her that. She's uh, done a great job of uh, including our beers and something that uh, it's just fun, exciting. You know, it's different. It's, it's, it's broadening who you are and, and, and showing off some of the talents you have. Well, and, you know, to kind of jump topics a little bit again, that's what we do. So we'll, <laughs> we'll get to our business. Uh, you know, on the same kind of idea, you know, as a, as a, as a beer blogger, 
this next week launches the second blog, which is booze and, and wine and uh, bar culture kind of here in Cincinnati. It's the same kind of idea. It doesn't mean that the beer takes a backseat to anything. It just It's showing this other side of this. It's the same idea behind it all. It's the same same thing there, the, the core of it. So just finding a way to... To, to tie it all together and, and showcase it in the right light. It, it's actually more about him trying to get me to like liquor. <laughs> everybody, everybody. It's, it's you know, there. Well, there's liquor and then there's liquor. So, <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. You, you got to find the right one. That's what he tells me. <laughs> Or you can just stick to, stick to your hibiscus blue, At the end and then of the you day, have your Woodford on right. the rocks, and yeah. you guys sit by the fireplace, and you're good to go. That's right. <laughs> we, we, we will have more fireplaces, by the way. We little, will have more little, fire. We'll lead into that. Yeah. See, that's what I picture, too, is I picture at some point being able to get a beer, walk outside, walk back towards the woods, and discover a little patio with a fire pit. And just a couple people sitting back there, and like, oh, here's a, here's a new experience and a new way to enjoy the same thing. That's, it, it'll uh, be as park-like as it, you I, can make I love it. it. Yes. I yeah. absolutely love it. Uh, Mike, what are you drinking? I am drinking our Imperial IPA. One of my favorite beers that you guys have ever done. Thank especially you. Especially one of the ones you've done on a, on, a, on a bigger kind of scale. Yep. It went away for a while um, in the market, in bottles, and... Uh, um, you know, it was another thing we didn't have time for, and and so recently, um, even right before the uh, the original tap room, although it's not closed, it was closed to the public. Now it's only for private parties. Um, we just had more and more requests for it, and uh, we had people that weren't coming anymore because we didn't have it. So um, we fixed that situation, and uh, it cost us once again some problems with production getting things out the door he's but willing to make that sacrifice though because it's one of his favorite yes, of our lineup is. so he's that, that was a real easy yeah. sacrifice for him to make oh, we're gonna go out of yeah. stock on this that's okay screaming <laughs> for orders and i'm like well <laughs> I, gotta make next the, week. I gotta make the you imperial ipa <laughs> if you own a brewery and you can't brew your own favorite beer well, what's the point you i mean know, well, i'm a business you know. owner too so I, <laughs> but i mean that, that's that's called a perk yep it's, you gotta have some yep. perk right well and it's back at on tap back at the house too so yeah. We're, yeah, we're good. Well, part of that does go back to that, you know, remembering why you started all of this in yes. the beginning, too. You know, not just starting the company, we but love, why, why you beer. started making beer in the first place. Yeah. You know, and that's if if you ha- own a brewery and your favorite beer is not here, that's that's an issue. It took me <laughs> probably 13, 12, 13 years before I stopped drinking like the unders or the leftovers or like Mm -hmm. I felt it was my job is you know I gotta be efficient and you know well I'm going to Kathleen's parents house bringing like underfills and I'm like wait a minute minute." we we were like the drudges of (laughs) it it, it, it was a really interesting turning point when Mike started bringing home um, cases like you know, six packs in the six pack holder, and I'm like, "What are you doing? Do you know how much those cost?" And Don't mess them up. We got to reuse this. <laughs> okay, I have to say, we did do that for a little bit. We we did do that, and then it was like, "Okay, really? We just need to relax that's a little funny. bit." Yeah. <laughs> yep. So uh, yeah. But that's who we are. That's just that's just who we are. Yeah. <laughs> But it's it, it becomes part of what you know, what makes this place what it is. It's it's part of the personality, part of the soul of what what Mount Carmel is. And it, you know you you have to you, you you've got to own it. And you've got to just be that. You ha- you can't you can't let yourself drift away from it too far, or else you become something else. Well, that's a great segue for how we survived all these years because. That atmosphere is what brought us the talent we had yep. to continue this process. I mean, we couldn't afford much in our first brewer. Our first brewer, Anthony, was was like he was here because he wanted to be here, and then the next brewer was here because he wanted to be here, and so on and so on and so on. So, you know, they all are still friends of the brewery. They've all moved on to bigger and and broader projects and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, they all got their start here, and they, they all keep coming back, you know. I think this is Roger's first day. Yeah, he's, Roger's first he's, day. He's a return employee. He's uh, 
he's an entrepreneur now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> filling in. And but uh, that 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 you know that spoke volumes. We we gave people a lot of opportunities and 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 benefited from their enthusiasm to want to be a part of what we're doing. Well, when you started making beer in the farmhouse next door it's hard to predict that one day you would have a person that comes to work for you that ends up working at sam adams running their tap room yeah. and so, like that's that that idea is crazy it doesn't surprise me it but doesn't surprise me to us when at first it was like oh they're leaving you know when you've got employees that have been here so mm. long you feel like you're losing a family member when it first happens but then when you realize you have a relationship with them and they are always welcome back and it's we don't look badly on them moving on right it, we actually embrace that like wow you're gonna you're gonna fulfill your dream that's great we did some right we did something right we we kept you in the dream right and that that to us is good like that's, we've had a long tradition of uh brewers who the, the concept is whoever's got this huge great opportunity now that we have breweries all over Cincinnati, not everybody's cut out for a production brewery. You know, that, 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 is, that used to be what you had to do to be in the business. Now you can kind of be in any arm of that industry that you want that specifically meets the requirements and, and, and goals of each individual. So uh, when, when this happens... We always have the, the the brewer going out training the new brewer coming in, and it's just it's been the succession of you know kind of handing the baton or the key to the next guy, and and uh, uh, I have very little involvement in that even because then that's kind of a better way to transition into the the, the fabric of what we do and how we do right. it because it's it's a little different. We we make a lot of beer in a small place. Uh, we're a production brewery still. Uh, before this tap room opened, we sold less than 3% of our annual production on-premise, just a little bit. So it takes, uh, takes someone who's capable of coming in, making the same thing every day and doing the same things every day to keep that alive. But this changes the game. This, this allows us to be more creative. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, we've, 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 we've done the collaborations in the past and I think the last one we did uh, was the first time we ever said you know what guys just do whatever you want you know just don't worry about anything just just do what you want well like did it ever stop they kept changing it up until the last <laughs> hop edition or like it was the beer was due and and they were still throwing stuff at it. And <laughs> I'm sorry, what beer? The Obey. Oh yeah, that was. Oh, that was. Yeah, so it was, it was a lot of fun. Like it was like if, if you tell someone, don't, don't, don't worry about cost. Don't worry about anything. It'll it'll never stop. You know. Just, yeah. <laughs> but it, it was fun, and uh, the collaborations were fun. So, kind of talking about that idea of people learning here and going other places. I, if anybody, I assume everybody's listening to this likes podcast. So, um, Sonder just started to do a podcast, kind of the stories of their people and their beers and that kind of thing. And and, and Luke is one of those people. Yeah. And yeah. They were talking to him, kind of about his transition from home brewer to where he's at now. And uh, he was talking about leaving here and going to street side. And during that build out phase, and when they were first firing up the brew house and like stuff stopped working things weren't doing what they're supposed to it's like if i hadn't been at mount carmel and watched a brewery that's like that that was built very differently than a lot of these newer places he's like i wouldn't have known what the hell to do i would have been so far out of my league in there and because i started this place and learned this way from this person and these people around me that's how it happened and then you know, from there, going to, to Sonder and learn. Like, it's just, it's every step along the way, it's like building these different skill sets because of the people around you and the the brewery around you. This, you've got something pretty unique here as far as a brewery goes that has over been built over such a long time and crafted over time, for, for lack of a better word. There you go. There's a lot of good schools out there, but to be honest with you, anyone thinking about approaching the industry... Uh, would learn volumes of information by getting hands-on in a brewery. It's just, it's, you know, uh, you can learn the chemistry side, the microbiology side uh, from books and classrooms, but um, that still doesn't get you well, 
fluent throwing tri-clamps around or just even going through the motions. So, I'm sorry, and, taking and, apart oh, a filter on the fly and putting <laughs> it back together and you've got like five minutes to do it. Or just, the, or just pulling bottles off the lawn, sweating your butt off yeah. that side yeah. of the, the The whole thing with the, the classroom experience is that's also under textbook perfect conditions. Yep. And how often do you get that? You know, weather has an I'm effect. still waiting. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think maybe Sierra Nevada. That's the only place that you get textbook perfect conditions. <laughs> Lots well, of buttons. Everything just works. Every, and there's somebody that's how not. Big, how big your Lots budget is. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. we're a hosey operation, so you you learn more quicker here than you will anywhere else. If, if you're in one of those places like Sierra Nevada or New Belgium, or you, you know, you're a brewer and something stops working, by the time you pick up the phone, there's somebody underneath of there that's it already fixed in. <laughs> oh, it's, it's working again. All right. Wow, that's a thing. I, we have a mic. We, yeah. <laughs> we have a they, mic. He does that. They've got Oompa Loompas there, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's pretty cool, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so should I get you an Oompa Loompa that costume for awesome. Halloween? <laughs> that sounds really good. I don't know. I, you it's probably wouldn't be able to live with me after that. That's uh, brilliant. I think we would all laugh really hard. <laughs> so on going back to the beer side, since I think that's how we started this whole <laughs> Uh, rabbit hole. Um, what kind of stuff is in the pipeline that we can expect to see? So outside of the Oktoberfest and the uh, the Bach beer, um, we've we've done some beers in the past that uh, you know we had the uh, the we had squirrel bites. We had um, oh we had the sap attack. We've, we we're probably going to have bigger beers. Um, you know, we had our Belgian quad, right. uh, the Ardennes, that, that will come back. That is, um, that is a hugely good. requested yeah. Yeah. Um, beer I like, comeback. I like that one. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think even uh, when, when Signum was here, we started the Farmhouse series, and mm-hmm. I think we'll bring that series back, too. Um, as far as anything else goes, uh, it, it's, it's more whimsical and, and, and seasonal for us. Are we going to see other barrel-aged projects kind of coming out? We haven't really... Yeah, we have the uh, the Clairvoyant uh, for sale here now in 500 milliliter bottles, which is our Belgian quad double-downed in uh, oak barrels for two years with a uh, 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 bread and ice yeast, and, and it's it's clocking in at about 12.2%. Um, and we have a batch two right behind that, um, but space is an issue for us now. We, 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 we were thinking, wow, we open this place, we go heavier on some barrel stuff, um, and uh, I just don't think that's going to happen. So I think the barrel projects we do are going to be smaller and, 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 and probably only here. Um, we just uh, were midway through a uh, collaboration barrel project with uh, Northside Distilling. Okay. And uh, we uh, were aging our stout uh, in, in one of the barrels we got from them. Uh, and then we have a uh, second barrel uh, with our stout that uh, uh, we've uh, fruited. So those, those beers will be coming out uh, around springtime. I, uh, I for one, loved the, uh, was it the, the, the Jack Daniels barrel Age stout that you did a few years back. Jack, was Frost? Like Jack Yes, Jack yes. Frost. Um, I, I love the way that stout barrel Age just because it's not like I those hated the way it bottled. <laughs> Let me just tell you. <laughs> I, I love, that was a nightmare. I love a little bit lighter beer with some barrel to it that yeah. kind of showcases some of the other flavors that you can Yeah, get and it there, wasn't so. in the barrel too long, so it didn't really develop a big vanilla flavor to it or anything. Right. Yeah, it was more more white oak. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what you guys uh, so we'll, come we'll, out with. We'll do back. quicker in-out type projects like that that are one or two barrels at a time. We, you know, if, if we fill our event space up with racks of barrels, then, you know. <laughs> That's a challenge. All right. <laughs> Saving acres still not enough. <laughs> <laughs> it never is. That's the thing. It's uh, you. It's like a like a fish that you put in an aquarium and just kind of grows to whatever size the aquarium, the aquarium is. Aquarium. Such a great analogy. We have uh, we have our our, our carriage house uh, accommodates about. 240, 250 people upstairs. Uh, it 
can be isolated for private event space up to 150. Um, but to be honest with you, still that's not enough. So, so if if we do anything, it's going to be a, to accommodate the larger scale events. What are the what are the fears now with running a place like this versus you know five years ago or ten years ago? What, what, how has how has that changed, and what are those changes? For me, it's gaining weight. <laughs> <laughs> Having a restaurant thirty feet from where you work. It's, that is a challenge. That is a challenge. That is a it's challenge. like, wow. Salads on the menu. I mean, is, this, is this real? Our, our chef is amazing. He's he's absolutely amazing. He's classically trained. So when you put a classically trained chef into a bar atmosphere, you get really fancy bar food. Right. And it's really, really good. And so well, you have to try everything. I, the the crazy thing is, like, I think that's almost what people are starting to expect. You've got yes. places right. like this opening up. You guys in Nine Giant, these places that have this, this really incredible food program that goes with a great brewery. It's like it's starting to spoil people that that's just what we expect when we walk into and, a brewery. And and I, gonna, I did have a question on the menu. You said you guys have this wombat burger that I keep seeing pop up on Facebook. How do you get the wombat? <laughs> <laughs> they live in the lake. It's a secret. That it's was... a secret. <laughs> but, but that one actually looked really good to me because I like spicy things. Oh, and I saw the combination that of... That is Michael's favorite. Had five burgers in the past ten days. Yeah, well, I can see where the weight gain's yeah. coming in, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's amazing. And then with the special events, we our, our catering menu is completely different. And and that's where David shines wow you know like right. sitting down with someone and saying this is what we want to do for our private event he nails it uh, it's it's incredible but uh, it's I have less worries every day to answer your question because as we've seen many ups and downs in Cincinnati with the beer industry especially wholesale um, you know uh, what did we cut the volume of growth of craft beer in half last year, but double the number of breweries? I mean, the, the math tells you that, right. you know, if, if I was probably more worried three years ago than I am now. Now that we've, we've, uh, we, we're right-sized, we, we have so many different ways to move our business, we, we're, we're, we're just as comfortable as we've ever been and, and busier than we've ever been. So it's, it's, it's really... We, it, it just took time, you know. We had to acquire our properties. We had to, you know, it well, just took time. If if the wholesale business blows up and uh, Anheuser-Busch comes in and starts forcing everybody off the tap handles and stuff, you guys are set up to be able to survive. Yeah, well, to, I don't think it's going to be that. I, I think it's going to be a new direction, whether it be, you know, White, cl- white Claw. Well, White Claw. I mean, Cra- like, craft cocktails. Yeah, yeah, craft cocktails. But I, I do think that... Uh, each generation, it, it, nothing lasts forever. Nothing does. And, and, and will it always be about the beer? Um, we'll always have an incredible product. But, um, you know, if, if you want to come here just because you love the food, by all means, you're welcome. And, and, and we're going to treat that as importantly as we do the beer we brew. That's why we hired who we hired. That's why we went to such great lengths to keep this atmosphere what it is. Well, and I think that's a that's a really important thing to kind of to highlight. I've, I've the one complaint that I have heard about places like this happening is, "Oh, it's just not about the beer anymore. It's about and it's if you're going to do something, do it the right way. Do like if you're gonna serve somebody food when they come into your brewery, do it the right way. If you're gonna give them wine, do it the right way. If you're gonna put booze behind your bar, do it the right way. Just everything needs to be done with that same intent that it was when you were just making beer and, and putting it in I a growler. Couldn't agree more. That yep. that, that nails it. And yep. I I think that's important to kind of to highlight for people and, and to. I worry about the grass. I worry about everything. <laughs> <laughs> but there is there is so much truth to that. If you're going to put in a patio, put in the right kind of patio. Yeah. Don't just right. you know fence off a section of your parking lot and put a couple chairs out there and say, here's your patio, so, guys. And, like, uh, and as an example of that, for our listeners, right now it's raining. And it's raining pretty steadily, yet I can see a good you know three, four feet of dry patio here. Right. So... Even in the summer, you've got the right kind of patio where people can maybe be outside. It was designed that way. See? (laughs) To your point. Exactly. And and to Mike's point that he's worrying about all the details, not just... 
the beer. It, yeah. It's it's very important. It's something that I think a lot of places get uh, get really hung up in one part of who they are and forget everything else. Well, and, and a lot of craft beer enthusiasts get really hung up on that too, and they they have to realize that on the other end is a business owner. And that person's responsible for everything throughout, not just did he put a good beer in the glass, because what if the glass is dirty? What if you don't have anywhere to set the glass? What if you're outside getting rained on? I mean, as a consumer, you're not necessarily thinking about all these things until it happens. That's why our kids don't come here with us, because... They're like, we don't want to come anymore because mom starts working. She starts busting tables. She thinks that person <laughs> oh, yeah. hasn't had a table cleared in three and a half minutes. And, you know, it's they, like. They, yes, because they're like, all you do is work when you go there. You don't sit with us. Like, I'm a really good busser. I'm not making you work. I, well, no, I say that too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you I'm can training, bust a table. I'm training them. I am training them. But, to your point, yeah, it's 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 when it's a lifestyle business, that's all you care about is the experience everyone has. So, is it hard to relax? Yeah, but uh, at the same time, it's that's it's what we enjoy doing. It's like we're painting our canvas here, and 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 between the two of us, I think it's all like you know, it's finally developed. <laughs> this is this is excellent. Did we ever think in 2005 or 2004 when we applied for a license that we would own a restaurant, it would be on this property, and we'd put a million-gallon lake in and this and that? No, heck no. That would I, That's the furthest thing we thought would be from the picture, but everything think, has evolved. And I think that's one of the biggest things that Mike and I have learned through this whole process is that we, we were always entrepreneurs, but this process is really... You know, you, Often you have to take a step back and reevaluate, and um, we've learned that we, you just have to grow, and you have to be willing to grow, and you have to be willing to change, and you find happiness in that, and and that's it. Just you know, it, this was not in the plan, but this is kind of cool. But it, it's, <laughs> yeah. again, this is cool. It, it's still, <laughs> no, it's okay. It just makes perfect sense, though. That's what yeah. I, I, I love that that you, whole aspect of it. If, if you believe in just staying true to yourself, then good things happen. I don't think we could end on a better note. I I can't top it. <laughs> um, guys, congratulations on everything that's happening here, everything that's yes. going to happen. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I think you're going to get your butts handed to you this summer. I know yeah. you're yeah. worried about yeah, that. We're I know you're worried about that, but it'll be all right. We're, we know, and we're working on it. <laughs> but it's going to be fun to watch and fun to experience. And uh, I, I'm excited to see. Um, where it goes from here. Great. Let's Thank go take you. a tour. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you guys. Thanks a lot, guys. Hey, thanks, thanks for, for coming out. Thanks. Cheers.